You're listening to a message from Crosspoint Church in Williston, Vermont, with lead pastor Todd West. Find out more about us at crosspointvt.org. If you like what you hear, follow us on social media. Thanks for being here today. Well, it is so good. Man, I love it when I can just get wrapped up in worship and then I forget that I'm actually preaching. Isn't that good? Man, it is so good to to dive into the Word with you guys again and to bring you another sermon, another word that's been on my heart about community, what we've been going through for the last several weeks. And just to review that real quick with you guys, the first week Pastor Todd was talking about how everybody has made a masterpiece. You have a new identity in Christ through his sacrifice on the cross. Everybody is made a masterpiece by God. And uh, we learned also that not only is that a fact for ourselves, but it's also a fact in the church, knowing that we're called to a family of believers. uh, It's a fact for your brothers and sisters, right? Each and every one of us is a masterpiece. And so we need to realize that for ourselves. And I'm always telling you that. You have a life worth living, a life that you're called to, a new identity. But it's also important as we're walking out our lives with Christ as a body, with our brothers and sisters, that they are made masterpieces. They are called to a new identity as well. We have to keep that in mind. Then last week we learned from Pastor Todd that everybody within the church has been given special gifts and talents, right, that enhance the kingdom of God and help us to be a catalyst for change within the world and within our community, right? And so we keep that, it's, it's such a beautiful picture of this family that we're called to, that we're masterpieces, that God has given us talents, each and every single one of us, you're unique in yourself, and we are called to a body, and God uses it to, 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 for change and to reach people's hearts and call them back into him, right, into a relationship with him. It's a beautiful picture of the family that God calls us into. Well, today we're going to be looking at something different, closing out this, uh, this, um, this community series. We're going to be looking at something different. It's a roadblock to our community. I think whether you've been a Christian for years or whether you're a new Christian, it is so vital to keep this in mind as we're walking out together, this roadblock. We really need to take a look at this um, if we want to really uh, be unified as a body. So we're going to be looking at, and if you guys want to turn to it in advance, we're going to be looking at Ephesians 4, 1 through 6 today, okay? So if you guys are flipping to that, I'm going to ask you a question real fast as you're preparing your Bibles and getting into the Word, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Have you guys, as you've been living your lives, experienced or seen one of your favorite bands break up? right? We all have, right? And I like music. We all have. Like the Beatles, right? Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have, uh, let me see here. It, during my time, it was 90s. It was Backstreet Boys, right? Sync. Or my, oh, the one that just crushed the church was DC Talk breaking up. Oh, my Lord. Jesus Freak was the album of the century, and then they broke up. It was just, it was horrible. Uh, or, you know, going on, I liked Reliant K. It was one of my favorite bands, uh, actually uh, encouraged me to be a songwriter and like songwriting with some of the lyrics that they wrote, and they ended up breaking up, and they ended up getting back together, but it's never really the same, you know? It just never captures that original magic, and it can be discouraging and disappointing, 
really. Uh, you know, that those bands come to an end, and it's never really the same even when they get back together, but even more so intrinsically a part of our human experience, and kind of the same way how people fall out, is we witness, as, as, as humans, we witness relationships come to an end, right? Just like bands, right? But we, we may be small. We see friends in high school or elementary school, people that used to be really close friends, right? They end up fighting and not talking to each other, and they go their separate ways. That's kind of the rhythm of life. Maybe it's just comings and goings. You get busy. One gets a girlfriend. One gets a boyfriend. They don't talk to each other anymore. It just kind of changes rhythm of life. But it can go deeper than that. We can see siblings stop to talk to each other, stop talking to each other. They get in fights, squabbles, aunts, uncles. They don't talk to each other at, at the family gathering. You know, one says they voted for Trump. The other says they voted for Biden. And then you, it's really awkward, you know. <laughs> Nobody wants to eat anything at Thanksgiving. Anyway, uh, so, but we can see those, those types of relationships come crashing down. It could get even more serious. We can see parents divorce. We can see grandparents divorce. We can see our children divorce, right? Aunts and uncles, the same way. And when we're in the middle of those situations, it can seem uh, so life-shaking, so, so those seismic events, uh, those earthquaking events can seem so sudden, like they just come crashing down all at once. And you go, what happened? Why, man, why did you just get divorced out of nowhere? But what we have to understand as humans is that we all have invisible fault lines within us. We're imperfect, we're flawed, right? We have these fault lines within us. And what's happening is it doesn't come down all of a sudden, right? It's not just out of nowhere. It's a buildup of pressure. Just like we have in the earth, we have fault lines that rub up against each other, and it's our fault lines rubbing up against each other as well in relationships. And it builds up pressure, and then it slips, and then you get this relationship that breaks and, and falls apart. And we would be silly as Christians, right, as God is perfecting, Jesus, the Holy Spirit is perfecting our faith, to not realize that as we're still dealing with stuff, Jesus is helping us, right? Yes. Yes, Jesus is helping us with stuff. We're all human beings, right? It would be silly for us as humans and as Christians to not realize that we're still going to find that within the body of Christ, the pressure, right? That pressure. And that's what we have to be careful of because it's probably one of the most frequent tactics that is used by the enemy within the church. Oh man, people hurting people's feelings. It is the most uh, probably frequent tactic that the enemy uses to cause, uh, cause us to be blinded, get our focused off of Christ, off of our identity, off of your brother's and sister's identity. But also I'll say even more with a story I'm going to share the identity of the church, because this is the church that God loves. This is the church that God loves, right? So we have to stay focused as Christians in order to prevent these cracks, these, these earthquakes from happening, and also to heal cracks within the church now, right? Because you may have already dealt with some of this stuff, or you may be sitting here this morning and, and you've been hurt by a church, or you've been hurt by somebody here, right? It happens. It's, we're human beings. It happens. Let's go ahead and read Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Now, in this passage, uh, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus from prison, okay? And this church is made up of Jews and Gentiles who all come from different cultures, different backgrounds, societal beliefs, right? And as they were walking out their life with Christ and being a part of a body in this town, Ephesus, right, they were starting to realize 
the fault lines. These little cultural beliefs and backgrounds and everything, you know, everything that has built up, these, these imperfections, it was, oh, it was starting to rub up against each other. So Paul, hearing about this, he writes to the church of Ephesus, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Let's go ahead and read what he says so we can gain some insight on how to protect unity within the church. He says, as a prisoner of the Lord, I plead you to walk holy in a way that is suitable to your high rank given to you in your divine calling. Ooh, isn't that identity? That's who you are. With tender humility and quiet patience, always demonstrate gentleness and generous love toward one another. Listen to this. Especially toward those who may try your patience. Oh, goodness. Oh, man. Be faithful to guard the sweet harmony of the Holy Spirit among you in the bonds of peace. Ooh, guard it. Being one body and one spirit as you were called into the same glorious hope of divine destiny. That's your identity as well. You were called to be a part of one body and one church. So guard the bonds of peace, right? Guard that unity within the church. It says, for the Lord God is one, and so are we, for we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. Amen. And he is the perfect Father who leads us all, works through us all, and lives in us all. So in this passage, Paul, at the beginning, he says, I plead with you. In the Greek, that word is parakaleo, and it really means a strong urging. He's saying, I encourage you, church, do not miss out on, on this body, this divine calling, this destiny that you have been called to, right? Don't miss out on it. Don't let the crack come up through the middle of your congregation and split it. Don't, don't let that happen. Be on guard. Guard that peace. Guard that unity within your church. He's emphasizing several times in the air. He says, you are called to be a part of a body. He's emphasizing the identity that you and I find ourselves in, Christ. He says, God is one and so are we, for we share in one faith, one baptism, and one Father. Listen, just as the Holy Spirit is perfecting our faith as we walk out with Christ every day, right? We deal with stuff. If you're honest right now, look in your heart. You know you deal with stuff. You know there's stuff that you, you are dealing with with God and you're asking him to help you with. He's doing the same thing with your brothers and sisters. And just as we are so thankful day in and day out, his mercies are new, right? For us, his forg- he, always forgave, he always forgives us. He has our grace for us. He's helping us. He's teaching us. He's a good, good father. It's the same for your brothers and sisters. Why wouldn't you want to give that forgiveness and grace and mercy to them? Let it go. Let it go, right? I'm going to let you in, be a little transparent this morning and share a story with you. Uh, Get a little personal, okay? I'm a pastor's kid. I've grown up all my life in the church. I'm a PK. That's what they call it, a pastor's kid. And uh, being a pastor's kid, a lot of the times, uh, it's very rare if you don't, but you get to see behind the curtain of what's happening in a church, right? And uh, as I graduated high school, being honest with you guys, I became very disillusioned with the church and very angry at some of the things I had experienced and witnessed Christians do, right? 
Many things had happened to my father and been said to my father as a pastor that Jesus has let me, uh, that has helped me to let go of. But what was really a struggle and compounded on that disillusionment that I found myself in, watching all these Christians say and do silly stuff, was when I got out of high school, my parents ended up becoming U.S. missionaries helping inner city children. They're still doing that, but they're also pastoring as well. Um, And so as they started out their mission, we had to itinerate, which was raise funds with churches, and we were traveling from church to church to church, letting them know about our mission, and if they wanted to support us, then they could support us. Well, we'd share it on a Sunday morning in a service like this, and my dad would preach and share, and then they could support us if they'd like. But what ended up happening, and I think Jesus, in the end, was using it as an opportunity to help me grow and to let go of this muck that was getting onto my heart, what ended up happening is just a few hours being at churches, what would happen? I would see people backstabbing, rolling their eyes at other people, talking behind other people's backs. And in a conversation with my dad, as we were traveling to another church, my mom was in the back catching some shut-eye, right? And I was driving with my dad. It was late at night. We'd switch on and off. And I said to my dad, I said, if this is what a Christian means, if this is what comes with a Christian, being a Christian, then don't call me one. I'm done. I'm tired of this type of actions that seeing this as Christian. Don't call me a Christian. I believe in the Bible, but I do not agree with these actions that Christian, you know, this backstabbing, rolling their eyes and just, Lord, causing a bunch of chaos within the church. But over the next several years, as I went to college, God helped me to realize the skew in my perspective. And what he helped me to realize is that if we simply focus on what's wrong with other people in the church or what someone else is doing in the church, we're failing to walk out our identity in Christ, right? That he has called us to as well as what he's called them into, right? It doesn't excuse the actions, church. It doesn't excuse what people do in the church. People are going to say and do some silly stuff, but often it's just a misunderstanding, I tell you. Probably 90% of the time in the church when people do do silly stuff or say silly things, Jimmy Dean didn't mean to put out the coffee table because he thinks Susie's a bad leader. Jimmy Dean probably just did it because he forgot or thought that she was mad at him. Usually, when you come to reconciliation with other people in the church, they end up hugging each other and going, wow, that was a big misunderstanding, right? But rarely is it, you know, when, when, when there are actions in the church where people are hurting each other, it doesn't excuse it, but um, it also doesn't excuse you as a Christian from holding resentment in your heart, right? It doesn't excuse you to hold resentment in your heart towards the church, right? Because you're not realizing your identity. You're not realizing your brother's and sister's identity, and you're not realizing the identity of the church. This is the church that God has called, right? That God has called and also that God loves, right? It doesn't excuse you. Listen to me. It doesn't excuse you to be a Christian hermit, right? Because I hear that a lot now, and I felt that a lot. And I say that as having gone through that, I wanted to hide out and just be a Christian by myself. It does not excuse you from being a Christian hermit. You are called to be a part of a body of believers, right? And really, when everybody it has that focus of guarding unity, oh, man, the church is powerful. It gets powerful. Oh, man. And it's, it's just like lighter fuel. It's, it's, 
it's beautiful. So with that in mind, Crosspoint, we need to cultivate unity within the church. We need to cultivate and guard unity within the church. I'm going to read several verses to you here. Uh, Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So in our relationships and interactions with others, when people say and do silly stuff, right, we need to not listen to our feelings, but listen to the word of God. Jesus Thank you that I have your tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And step out of those feelings and move on and let it go, right? Move on and let it go. If you need to reconcile with somebody, reconcile with humility, with gentleness, right? With patience and tender-hearted mercy, right? And if it is a little bit awkward, then you need to go get a leader and have a group meeting, okay? But... We need to make sure that we're renewing our minds with these words and praising and thanking God for our new identity of, of being tenderhearted, right? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm tenderhearted. Thank you that, Jesus, even though my feelings and even though I'm having thoughts that don't measure up with my identity and who you say I am, thank you, Father, that Colossians 3.12 says that you've given me clothes, of tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Hey, if this is something that you deal with, I'm going to let you in on something. Something that I was dealing with something in the past, and my dad was giving me some advice of, of you know, these thoughts that pop in your head and just and being angry, right? You now live a life, your identity, you live a life with Jesus. He's living on in the inside of your heart. And when you get those thoughts in your head of, man, I hate Jimmy Dean. Why didn't he put out the coffee table, right? When you're dealing with those feelings and you're dealing with those, those, those thoughts in your mind, and I just like I just said, those thoughts that aren't yours, you're living with Jesus in your heart. So no longer is it, I hate Jimmy Dean. No, you're living with Jesus. It's, we hate Jimmy Dean? Oh, no. Jesus doesn't hate Jimmy Dean. Jesus loves Jimmy Dean. Oh, that's not my thought. And what do we do? We do what the word says. It's we take every thought captive, we hand it over to heaven, and then what do we do? We renew our minds with Colossians 3.12, right? That's what we do. So that's how we protect unity and get out of those feelings because they'll, they'll try to entrap us. Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says... Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Listen, Todd brought up something last week, right, that is very, very powerful. He, he, he said, you know, other people in the church are going to get the spotlight as they have gifts and talents and get, maybe they'll get a leadership position within the church, I'm telling you, it's bound to happen. You're going to get jealous. Oh, did he see me greeting everybody every week? Oh, why does it, why don't I get recognized? Hey, listen, the best antidote, that verse right there, Philippians 2, 3 through 4, the best antidote to the poison of jealousy, go celebrate it. Go celebrate that person. Go congratulate them above your feelings. And I'm going to tell you, as a leader of Crosspoint, that is better than a spotlight. Man, I'm so proud of you. If you, out of your feelings of jealousy, you go over to that person, and I'm not talking about like, oh, great job. I'm saying you go over to that person and you give them a hug 
I'm so proud of you. Congratulations, you do such a good job. Go buy them a cup of coffee for their lunch. Get them, get them a bouquet of flowers. If you do that above your feelings, hey guys, that's it. Man, I'm so proud of you. That's what we need to be doing in our church, garden unity and, and watching out for jealousy and those resentment that come up that comes up. Galatians 5:22 says, "But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. This is the life that you were called to live." guys in your interactions with others this is what we need to be focusing on and not those feelings like david said he said it last year and i have not forgotten it he said if you're going to doubt anything doubt your feelings don't doubt the word of god because that's who you are right your feelings will tell you oh gosh it'll tell you a lot of crazy stuff now god gave us feelings but if you're going to doubt anything doubt your feelings Don't doubt the word of God, right? Don't doubt the word of God. This is the life that you're meant to live. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, and live that and walk it out. Be guarding unity. I'm gonna share with you one more thing. Nothing like changing your sermon at the last minute. I was walking to the church this morning, such a beautiful day, and something popped up into my head. I was sharing with Abby a few weeks ago. I said, uh, wouldn't it be beautiful? We were walking out um, around our neighborhood, and I said, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could live our lives so at peace, so focused with God, that no matter what circumstance happens, it doesn't steal our joy, it doesn't steal our peace. We're so focused on God, we're just keep going forward no matter what happens we're so in tune with the word we're so diving deep in our lives that no matter what circumstance comes up man we're standing firm I said what if we could live that way and you know I was walking to church this morning and Jesus just said that's the other way that we guard unity right and I I was reminded of when Jesus was sleeping in the boat with the disciples while he was while the storm was raging, the disciples are on the, on, the, on the top of the boat. They're going, we're going down, we're going down. And then everything's falling off. Water bottles are falling off the boat and going overboard. It was crazy, right? Right, it was crazy. But what was happening down below? Jesus was sleeping. And a lot of times we can focus, right? We can focus on that passage and look at the disciples and we can go, we learn, okay, you know, we have to be at peace. But you know, I, I looked at that, that, that passage again and I said, I wanna be like Jesus. I wanna be like Jesus in that, in that situation. No matter what happens in my life, I wanna be sleeping through. I wanna be so at peace that I could fall asleep in life. No matter what happens, what people say, what people do, what people don't do, no matter what happens in the church, no matter what situation comes up in the church, what people say to you, you're at peace. You know who you are. You know who they are. You know who the church is, right? That's beautiful. That's, that's what we gotta be focused on, church. And if you're dealing and struggling with feelings of anger, guys, in your devotional time, take it to God. 
take it to God. I tell you, I do it all the time in my journal. I write out my feelings. I shared that with a college ministry a few weeks ago. I said, I was mad one day and just like all the feelings, just scribbling them out like I was talking to a friend, right? Sometimes we get so, we think in our devotional time, we have to be so pious with God, but really, just be a friend with them. Speak your mind, right? And get it out. Get to that place where you don't have anything else to say because then you can start hearing God, right? Take those feelings to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I promise He will help you. Renew your mind when you're dealing with these thoughts of anger, when you're dealing with these feelings of jealousy. Renew your mind with verses like Philippians 2, 3 through 4. I'm going to go congratulate somebody. It's not about me. It's not about me. Galatians 5.22, joy that overflows, a life full of virtue and strength of the Spirit. I'm going to remember Colossians 3.12, tenderhearted mercy, gentleness, and patience. Ephesians 4.1-6, this is my divine calling to be a part of a body. These are the things that we need to watch out for, church. We need to be about unity within Crosspoint. We need to cultivate unity, grow that. I'm going to invite you all this morning. Maybe you're sitting here uh, in the church and you're harboring resentment towards another person. Maybe they're here. Maybe they're in your job. Maybe they're in an old church and you've been holding on to that resentment. But I'm here to tell you today and remind you of what I spoke about several weeks ago is that Jesus gave you a burden that is light and easy. Why are you holding on to a thousand pounds of resentment? I want to invite you this morning. We're going to pray together that if you're holding on to resentment, you're holding on to anger, you're holding on to jealousy. I've been to several churches and they've never given me the opportunity to be a leader. Hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity this morning. Let it go and hand it over to Jesus. And let's start walking this out together in our identity of being a body. You're a masterpiece. You're a masterpiece. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. And we're going to walk this out together. You're gifted. You have special gifts and talents. You have special gifts and talents. And guess what? We're going to change the world together. And we're not going to let any roadblock come up within this church. We're going to be careful of it. And when they do come up, we're going to go talk to each other about it. All right? We're going to get it out. Let's just clear. Hey. Ecclesiastes, we're going through it in the, in, the, in the college ministry. Ecclesiastes talks about life is gone, right? Life is just gone. Let it go. Get it out of the way. There's no time for it. You don't know when your time is up. You don't even know leaving this church if you're going to be able to go back home safely, right? What are you going to do today, right now, right? What are you going to do today, right now to let that resentment go. So I'm going to give you that opportunity. Let's all stand together. So let's all stand up together. We're going to pray together this morning. And I'm going to ask Pastor Steve and Miss Phyllis to come up. We're going to pray all together. But if you would like a more one-on-one interaction, you want somebody to pray over you, Pastor Steve and Miss Phyllis are here. We have others. If there's a lot of people that come up, they're going to come and pray for you. Dave and Daniel, right? There are leaders. They can pray with you as well. We have Dan Cabrera here. He, he's a prayer warrior. He'd love to pray with you. Kirby, man, he's a great prayer warrior. He'd love to pray with you too. But we're going to all pray together. 
and invite you to let go of those past hurts. It may not even be in the church, but no matter what it is, don't live your life bound up by resentment and and holding grudges and anger. Let's pray together and ask God that he'll take that and help us to walk out our true identities with God. Everybody close uh, close your eyes and bow your head. I'll get it one day. I always mess that up. <laughs> Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for who you are, that you died on the cross to offer us freedom. You give us the opportunity to let go of our resentment. So right now, we hold our, out our resentment in front, of, in front of us, Lord, and we ask you to come and take that. Because, Lord, we understand, we take notice of what the life that you've called us into, living a life carrying a burden that is light and easy, living a life full of virtue, strength of the Spirit. This is what we were called into. So, Jesus, we offer up that resentment today. Come and take it and help us to walk out that life this morning. We praise your name, Father. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for your forgiveness and grace. We love you, Father. And Jesus, we thank you going forward that no matter what happens, no matter what what type of roadblock comes up in our life, some people saying something, doing something, not saying something, not doing something, whatever it is, we thank you, Jesus, that you're going to give us the courage to resolve those conflicts. You're going to give us the strength of spirit to stand firm, to to remember uh, the, the word and the identity that you've called us into. The, the, Galatians 5.22, Colossians 3.12, you're going to remind us in those moments of who we are so that we can continue moving forward and not being bound by, by the ghosts of yesterday, right? So Jesus, thank you that we're going to move forward today knowing that we live in freedom. We live in mercy. We live in grace. We live in your forgiveness and your love in your name. One more thing. Everybody's just keep your heads bowed, eyes closed. If this is your first time in in church today, or maybe you've been in church uh, uh, several times, but you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm going to give you the opportunity today to accept him as your Lord and Savior. If if the, the life that we've been talking about this morning is something that is just meeting that hunger in your heart, meeting that void in your heart that you've been trying to fill. And you, you, uh, this is the life I've been called to. This is the life worth living, not being bound up by resentment and grudges, not being bound up in sin of me trying to do it myself. I can't do it myself. I, I want Jesus to come into my life and help me to depend on God. Because I'm going to tell you, if you don't know Jesus, you will never be able to do it independently. You will always fail. There's no, just be a good person. There's no, oh, just be kind, like our society likes to say these days. There's no doing that, right? You're not going to be able to just be kind, just be good. You will always fail. You will always fail. People aren't intrinsic, intrinsically good, right? It's a good thought to think that, but it's not the truth. We're gonna hurt each other. 
you're gonna fail. If you would like to depend on God today, coming back into a relationship with Him because Jesus lived the perfect life. He was the perfect person because He is good, because He is kind, and He died on the cross for your sins. I'm gonna give you that opportunity today. Let's just pray together. Jesus, I just ask you right now, setting aside my sin, I ask you right now Come into my life as my Lord and Savior. I accept the life that you've called me to, and I accept the relationship that you beckoned me into. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you would help me to continue to walk out as I start this life with you. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come with me day in and day out and remind me of your word so that I can live the life that I was meant to live an abundant life. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Cross Point Church in Williston, Vermont. If you gave your life to Jesus today, I want to encourage you to text YES TO JESUS to 484848. If you want to learn more about Cross Point, get connected or find ways to give, visit crosspointvt.org. Have a blessed day.